And now a selected reading from Twitter. The SEC West is now six highly established head coaches, Nicholas Saban, Gustafer Malzon, Edward Orderon, Jimbo Fishington, Lane Kiffin, and Michael Leach, and then Sam Pittman. Best of luck, Arkansas. Stuart Mandel. There always has to be one Power 5 school that makes the worst hire of the cycle. Arkansas is far and away the leader in that pack for the award already. John Talty. Arkansas hired Georgia's Waterboy that nobody heard of and Ole Miss hired a retread nobody wanted. Thank God for Mississippi State adding some sizzle back to the SEC. Brandon Walker. Anyone who thinks... Anyone... (laughs) Anyone thinks new Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman, who hasn't been coordinator FBS level going succeed in Fayetteville, when last two coaches, Brett Bielema, won Big Ten titles and was coordinator two schools, Chad Morris was coordinator plus head coach. Failed. Deeply mentally ill. Coach's hot seat. Ole Miss and Arkansas after Ole Miss put all those points in Alabama. Now they get Arkansas. Derek, who wins? Lane train on going Ole Miss. Ole Miss wins. All right, Ole Miss. Everybody is going with Ole Miss. Oh, Sam Pittman, sorry to see you. Yeah. Everybody going with the Rebels. Tim, are you okay? Are you stretching? You okay? <laughs> what? Did y'all not see Ole Miss's offense? Tim's are you kidding? Okay. What are we Barry doing? Odom. Bigger back with Steve Connor. Connor and the ball's not handled properly. It's a fumble. Arkansas comes up with it, and they do hold. Jalen Catalan came up with the football for the Razorbacks, and somehow Arkansas prevents Ole Miss from getting points on the board. Swing pass, left side, turn up field, broken tackle along the left sideline. Huge game for Traylon Burks inside the 25, the 20, inside the 15. Offensive line going since they haven't reached the end zone with the rushing touchdown yet this year. Will this be it? There it is. The first one for the Razorbacks, Rakeem Boyd, healthy again this week for the first Arkansas rushing touchdown of 2020. That space that you were talking about, and still the pressure comes straight up the middle. The sack for Arkansas. Their first three games, trailing seven nothing, third and eleven. Corral pressured again, trying to get away and could not. Arkansas comes up with another stop. Grant Morgan with the sack. Play fake. Corral gonna throw. Corral, that one into coverage, and it's intercepted. Intercepted by Arkansas. It's ultimately pretty well defended, considering. Now Franks takes a couple steps forward, throws backwards. Burks, I think, was going to throw the ball. Instead, he keeps it, and there's Traylon Burks inside the 10. He's a guy who, in his career, has thrown the ball. He's got an arm. I think it was designed to be a throw, and he just took off. Barry Odom, the first-year defensive coordinator, head coach at Missouri. The last few years, there's another pick. Arkansas's got another one, and this one's going to turn into points. Jalen Catalan cut right in front of the football and takes it to the end zone. He missed most of camp. Franks is going to throw it backwards there, and then the turn up field by Traylon Burks. What a nifty play that was for an Arkansas first down. Final three minutes of the first half. Third and 12. Franks 
Throws across the middle. He's got his man caught. First down, Arkansas. Tyson Morris. This one officially a 32-yard try, and the kick is up and right down the middle. Good. Arkansas adds to their lead. 20 to nothing, Razorbacks, with 1.41 to go in the first half. Needs his offense to help his defense out. Defense can't do it alone. The offense has been quiet at the start of the second half. Franks gets away from the initial pressure and now gets hit hard and goes down. And the ball, came, the ball out came out along the sideline. Ole Miss recovered it inbounds. So they looked at it in the replay room, confirmed it. Turnover, Ole Miss has a chance to get right back and they throw an interception. Interception, Arkansas. Amazing. Greg Brooks comes up with it, the nickel back for the Razorbacks, and Lane Kiffin cannot believe it. Right at midfield, after the huge play by the Razorbacks defense, Franks across the middle, that one is juggled, and it's intercepted! single season production it is a different offense that's for sure that's another bad pass and another wow pick. amazing wow. that's the Hudson second one, for comes up with another one Ely on the left side of Corral play fake to him Corral throws caught and touchdown Jonathan Mingo That had a chance to be a negative play. Instead, it's third and one. Franks throwing. Franks to the end zone, and it was caught for a touchdown. Burks with an amazing catch. Wow. College football, and he needed them here. Look at this. Big paw goes up, pulls it in. Put down control. He had that left hand underneath the ball so that his hand is between the ball and the ground. So any slight movement is okay. What a catch. Another great stop by the Arkansas defense. And they're faking the punt. And it's going to work. Somehow Arkansas didn't see that coming for a huge game. Down the left sideline. Ole Miss baby saves their chances in this one. Quickly to the line. A fake punt may have saved Ole Miss's chances. Corral got hit. Ely punches it in. Touchdown. Second and 12, Corral, six run, it's intercepted again. Greg Morgan comes up with another pick, inside the 10, touchdown Arkansas. Are you kidding me? He's playing with one arm. Wow. Again, he's just reading eyes and he sees exactly where Corral is going and steps right in front. We talked all game about the fact that they were not allowing deep throws, playing very deep coverage and having four or five underneath guys who were reading the quarterback's eyes. Five picks today. First, the short throw. Invited them to run. Fourth and 17. That one is intercepted again. Hudson Patrick's got another one. He's got a hat trick. What a win for Sam Pittman and his Arkansas team.
just amazing. The turnaround for this program is unlike many we've seen in recent college football history. I know that it's only four games, but Arkansas was hapless and helpless. The first thing I want to do, I want to stand up for the Razorback Nation. I want to call the damn hall. Turn up that damn jukebox, Saul. Turn up that damn jukebox, baby, because guess what? The Hogs win another SEC game. That's right, baby. That's two SEC wins in one calendar year. We're on fire. That is two SEC wins in the official record book. But we all know that we're 3-1. and one. That's three SEC wins, baby. And guess what? We weren't expecting this one coming at all if you listened to our preview episode. We uh, got this one real wrong, and you know what? I couldn't be happier about it. I have never been happier to eat so much crow. Yeah, uh, egg on my face, and I'm happy to have there. Let's go. Um, absolutely love to see it. Like you said, spiritually a 3 and one team. A uh, two and two team on paper, uh, which I, I side note, I think it's very funny that on TV they're going to continue to put the division record by the overall record because it's the same thing and will be the same thing all year. All year. <laughs> it will not change. There are no out of conference games. It's just a small little nitpick I have with the TV presentation. I think we're good it's with just the one record. of the record just to further emphasize like three and one. Three and one. Yeah, well, no, got it. Thank you so much. Hogs are two and two, no matter what parentheses or brackets you put it in. Spiritually three and one, but man, it feels good to have another win uh, in Sam Pittman's belt. And what a win it was. I think that, I think most of the college football world joined us in being fearful of this Ole Miss offense. And Sam and his boys shut that down real quick. Uh, let's yeah. talk about, many people are saying it. And I think it's time to start asking the question if this is the best defense of all time. Uh, it's being discussed. The question on everyone's lips, is this the best college defense of all time? I say yes. I don't know how you could argue otherwise. I uh, Seeing the performances last year and the year before and comparing them to this one, um, I'm ready to make Barry Odom the first $10 million coordinator. I am ready to make Barry Odom the first knighted uh, person in Arkansas. Yeah. I'm ready to make Barry Odom the first canonized person <laughs> in Arkansas. He's a, Whatever man, honor he needs to keep him here. The man's a dang saint. My goodness. Um, I think you, when you were running our Twitter account, said it best. I just want to shake his hand. Just want to shake the man's hand. And I also want to charge Chad Morris with several felonies. Um, oh my goodness! I, what, what is what is going? Like what is this saying? Like just the the more we look into this season, the sharper in in relief Chad Morris's defenses and his tenure here come kind of into focus. And just wow, I, it really makes you it it makes you just kind of shake your head a little bit. It does, and it really I mean, considering that this is more or less the same defense who was a laughing stock of college football last year. Personnel-wise, I would even say that maybe there's less just on-paper talent. But if you're talking all heart, these guys are all heart. Yes. And it is a just an, a sight to see. I literally could not believe my eyes watching this game and had to today, uh, we're recording this Sunday, rewatch the game like I sat down and just rewatched the game because I felt like watching it live I wasn't digesting what was happening because I literally could not believe that this was an Arkansas defense yeah uh you know Arkansas even 
at our peak defense has never has never been known as a defensive team uh that's not our bread and butter our, our we usually are running backs and skill receiver guys and our skill position guys and that's kind of what we we make our our money off of and this we said in the preview episode that this was going to be a weird game and it it was it was very weird at, for chunks but it was also uh weird just to see an Arkansas defense play like this in that regard not just the fact that weird things happen in the game but just that this defensive set front and and the secondary just gave Ole Miss fits and this is an offense that coming into it was kind of nationally recognized as if not the best one of the best we can dive into the stats coming up quickly, but just taking, I guess, into context, we keep talking about last year's defense. I feel like it needs to be said. Compared to this year, which, albeit, is a smaller sample size, they haven't, they haven't played a full season yet, but you also have to think that they don't have the advantage of playing any cupcake schools either. Last year's defense was 113th in the country in interceptions, 100th in red zone efficiency, 123rd in passing down efficiency, and 116th in third down efficiency. Pointed out last season, it was statistically our our school's historically worst defense, statistically speaking. 2020, third down efficiency, 19th in the country. Pass efficiency, 6th in the country. Red zone, 5th in the country interceptions first in the country from the same players more or less essentially yeah and i mean those those numbers are quite frankly shocking they are are stunning uh to be top 10 in two of those categories leading the country in one of the most important defensive vector or measurements uh just i mean number one in uh in takeaways as far as interceptions go and what was cool was there was a stat on saturday there were six pick sixes in college football arkansas had two of them we owned a third of them um which was insane and and again we'll, we'll dive here into the stats just real quickly but just overall just one of the mo- most impressive defensive performances from a football perspective I've ever seen, not only for Arkansas, just in general. And what a turnaround, just a program-wide turnaround. I feel like we're very complimentary of Barry Odom just because defense is the most tangible, noticeable difference on terms of the side of the ball that we noticed the biggest transformation. But let's not not give Pittman credit yeah, because what Sam Pittman has been able to do in this short of a time with no preseason, with no spring practice, with nothing at all to boost him going in to turning around this team to be two and two on the record, three and one if you take out some dodgy refereeing against only SEC opponents. I mean, that is just incredible. Yeah, you have to start talking about him in the conversation for National Coach of the Year, as most assuredly SEC Coach of the Year, because, you know, if we're looking at who's coming into new SEC jobs, and you think who's going to turn around their guys the quickest? Nobody was talking about Sam Pittman or Arkansas. No, and on SEC Network after the game, they in fact kind of ranked the hiring, uh, and we're quite honest about the hirings going into the SEC season. They had Kiffin above him, they had Leach above him, and now he has wins against Kiffin and Leach. It was against both of them. And those are guys that, you know, if polling Arkansas fans were two of the, you know, top four guys easily that they wanted when when the firing of Chad Morris happened just initially. Those are two guys that everyone wanted. And now our guy has beat those guys and and beat them pretty, pretty handily uh, with nothing with nothing to like sneeze at it. But like with things we could certainly improve on, but with solid SEC performances. Just an incredible, incredible turnaround. I'm drawn to a quote after we were demolished by West uh, Western Kentucky last year. This is not an overnight fix. Well, this is looking pretty overnight to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> about as overnight as you can get. And against just, again, what, what we discussed earlier in the year is what looked to be maybe the hardest schedule on paper in the country for the Razorbacks. Uh, and they have... They have are are entering week week five here with a a two and two a two and two record, uh, which is just leaps and bounds ab- above what I could have possibly hoped for. To further kind of emphasize the media's perception of this turnaround and just kind of the weird kind of blue collar 
resurgence of Arkansas underneath Sam Pittman, who was obviously not very heralded. I always read the kind of NCAA football column on ESPN to just kind of recap the weekend. It's written by David Hale most weeks, but he always has a section called overreaction of the week and underreaction of the week. And his underreaction of the week was that Sam Pittman is the coach of the year and it doesn't matter what happens from here. <laughs> I mean, if, I mean, he's certainly captured national attention and definitely some endearing hearts and that sort of thing and, and simply just in four games here, uh, which Chad Morris did not endear himself t- to the Arkansas fan base or the national media in two whole seasons. It's taken Sam Pittman four, four weekends. So, I mean, I think it says a lot about who he is and who he wants this team to be and how, once again, he's got everybody from staff to grad assistant to, to player everybody's bought in and uh we're starting i mean it's just nice to see like kind of see a good guy win and to see some results that like reward a good culture as well as talent on the field i it's you've seen it all over social media and i understand that you know at the end of the day twitter is twitter but it has to be turning heads for prospective recruits to see yahoo's college football coverage saying arkansas is america's team or (laughs) to see college football like uh, this espn sports center posting traylon burks's catch or things like that just like that national media attention to say hey we used to be warranting some respect here let's not act like arkansas is not a good place to be and it's sam Pittman has turned in four weeks Arkansas is like the place to be right now. And yeah. obviously everybody loves a comeback story and we're definitely fitting that margin, but pretty soon like you get a couple of good recruiting classes in here, you get these coaching staff this coaching staff going and it may not be a comeback story so much as a something that's inevitable. Yeah, uh, we talked about this, like what you just said, like Arkansas has been here before, like we've been, we've had good teams that do good things, and I think people forget that, like 2011 is not that long ago, it's not super current, but like the two, that 2011, 2010, those 2007 teams, like those are not, uh, those are pretty recent history, Um, and Arkansas garnered national attention once, and it certainly can do so again, and it, it's beginning to do so, and for the right reasons, and I think you're right, that's going to draw just better recruits and better, you know, more positive attention like that, just going to build on this foundation, which is already sky high compared to what we thought it was going to be, so you take the combination of Pittman turning this thing around with the guys he already has and that appealing to these future guys coming through. There's something really special kind of brewing here. Um, not to like get to put the, the, the cart in front of the horse here, but man, it just seems like the sky really is the limit here. Especially considering how low our expectations were coming into the season. I mean, you and I both didn't think that we would be looking at a winless season, but definitely understood the legitimate possibility of look at going over this season. And now we've got two and a half SEC yeah. wins <laughs> with one on the road and one at home and one should have been on the road. I mean, and I'm looking at the rest of the schedule thinking there's not a game that we won't be in for the yeah. rest of the season. I am not sure. Bama, maybe notwithstanding. Yeah, but for the even, rest of them, we'll be in every game if the oh, defense plays like this. Yeah, and that and that's like that. That's all you can hope for as an Arkansas fan because you know we talked about even at the beginning of the season of like yeah it might be winless, but I'm willing to give Sam Pittman you know quite a bit of a leash here in in year one much more than than I think I was like I know I gave I gave Chad a lot too, but I was willing to give Sam even more because I knew what he was coming into. And now not only has he like proven he doesn't even really need it, but he's earned so much respect and so much goodwill moving forward. He's going to be set for at least another two or three years before people even start to even like think about getting frustrated. It feels like, um, you know, he's starting to set the bar a little higher, which I think is great too. Like I want to set expectations that Arkansas can play and be good and compete. So it's fun, like on just multiple levels that these guys are playing so well and these got them cooking like this. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot, a lot to look forward to. We've been giving Pittman a ton of praise, and obviously that's due. Like, make no mistake, this man is kind of a magician in this regard. But we need to talk about the players. So let's dive into the stats of this game. And uh, (laughs) we usually start with offense, but once again, we've got to start on defense because there are three or four players here that we could be picking out as, like, national player of the week 
and all on the same unit. Yeah, there were three or four guys that I was like, oh, this is the SEC Player of the Week, and then someone else would make a play, and I'd be like, well, actually, this person's the SEC Player of the Week. So let's look at a little. Let's look at some team stats here. Arkansas only gave up 442 yards total to Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss was averaging almost 600 yards a game and 41 points a game. Uh, so a great job as a whole in limiting that offense, and gave up only 200 yards passing to Matt Corral. Um, and also worth noting, I think we'll get into this a little bit later, but they blanked Kenny Oboa, uh, Ole Miss's tight end, who is just kind of a standout and had been leading not only the SEC, but the country, uh, in receiving as far as the tight end position went. But, uh, uh, our defense held him to exactly zero catches. So just some kind of group stuff to look at there. But let's look at some kind of individual performances here. Jalen Catalan was all over the field uh, for the Arkansas defense. I really want to shout him out. Nine tackles, three of those solo, a fumble recovery, and a pick six. So a pretty good day at the office for Mr. Catalan. Our guy Grant Morgan with one arm went for 19 tackles, uh, five solo, a pick six, and a sack for Mr. Morgan. Again, just a real gritty performance for that guy. Literally could barely move one arm. Almost had two picks, but, I mean, his arm is so braced up, he couldn't catch it. I mean, what are you going to do with it? Uh, but, man, he, he put out a real gutsy performance. And, again, Joe Fouché, again, all over the field, flying around. Ten tackles for Mr. For Mr. Fouché. Uh, other notables, we got, of course, Hudson Clark, the King. story of the Arkansas defense, the walk-on with three interceptions uh, on Saturday. Count I mean, pull, put one, two, three. I mean, incredible stuff. And this kid, you know. Uh, it's always great when it's a walk-on or someone that's kind of you feel earned a little bit more. That's nice. Uh, so great job, Hudson. You are the speaking. Uh, you are the talk of all of Arkansas. Um, also, Hayden Henry and Miles Mason putting in great uh, performances, and Greg Brooks Jr. also adding an interception uh, to equal six total picks for the Hogs. Two of those were pick sixes and a fumble recovery. Just an unheard of amount of turnover uh, ratio on the plus side for the Hogs there. And also facing a quarterback who was probably perceived as one of the top five quarterbacks in the country coming into this game. Oh, yeah. Just and I, I would say deservedly so. Uh, was Absolutely. <laughs> had that team humming. Um, but, man, he, I just wanted, our, our Arkansas secondary deserves a special shout-out for Saturday because they just s- smothered those receivers. And Omas has some of the best receivers in the country, Elijah Moore, uh, Mingo, Yabo, like we said, Yaboa, like we said. Just absolutely stacked in that in that kind of pass catching core, but man, the Arkansas defense came out and just gave him nowhere to go with the football, which led to him having to throw it away, forcing throws for those interceptions, taking a lot of sacks. I mean, just a real, real solid performance from the Arkansas secondary. And I felt like I don't know about you, but I felt like this was largely schematic. It felt like the players knew what was happening. They knew what was coming. All of these interceptions, they weren't luck like you see a lot of times where the ball just bounces the wrong way or hangs in the air for too long. These were jumped routes. Like the players knew what was coming, jumped the route, and that's why two of these interceptions were pick sixes. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, you're in the right place at the right time, and and that's that certainly comes from knowing where you're supposed to go, knowing your job, and that comes from the scheme. So, absolutely, like these aren't just fluke interceptions; these are earned interceptions, I would say, and and it comes from being in the right place at the right time, and you know we earned them. So, good shout out there, um, you know, and I just made Matt Corral look really uncomfortable all day. Kind of was dancing around in the pocket a lot. Um, they did Ole Miss did kind of gash us uh, as far as running the ball, um, but at the end of the day, we we took away kind of their their kind of greatest threat, which is that passing offense, and we were able to to do so in a way that not only generated turnovers, generated points. I want to read you the drive summaries of all of Ole Miss's offensive possessions throughout this game, and I want you to tell me if this sounds like the kind of offense that put up 48 points and 647 yards against Nick Saban's Alabama. Fumble. Punt. Interception. Pick six, turnover on downs, punt, punt, end of the half. (laughs) Turnover on downs, touchdown, interception, interception, touchdown, touchdown, pick six, interception. I mean... (laughs) You cannot ask for a better game from your defense than that, I don't think. 
it's I mean, it's just insane. And it's just, again, just uh, kind of almost miraculous what we were able to do against this offense that was coming in just so hot, just so, so hot and was ready to look like kind of put up some of those several numbers with us. And especially, you know, taking out one of our top guys and bumper pool just was like another reason to kind of worry here. And if things just didn't go the way we kind of anticipated them going, we just really stepped up and, and forced turnovers. And, and not only that, put together two or three goal line stands. I just want to say, like, I think the big thing for me is we kind of dropped the ball a little bit offensively because Ole Miss's defense is bad, and we were not able to move the ball like we should have been. But the defense covered our asses. That's what they did. They stepped up and kind of saved the game on almost every drive if, if it needed to. And granted, we'll get to the offense here a little bit because they had – one of the most clutch drives I've ever seen um, in Arkansas football, kind of at, at, as far as like winning a game goes in a long time. But at the same time, was not able to move the ball against the Ole Miss defense that was very suspect. So really getting kind of bailed out by the defense all game as well. Arkansas is a defensive team this year. It's really weird to say because I literally cannot remember the last time that I was able to say that. But this is a defensive team that's going to make its bread and butter off of defense. And evidently is going to make its offense off of defense. And yeah. I feel like, again, it needs to be pointed out, this defensive performance did not feature Bumper Pool, Monteric Brown, or Dorian Gerald, who are all pictured as starters. I mean, who are all starters on yeah. this defense when everybody's healthy. And yeah. all three of them were down. Grant Morgan was playing with one arm, and they still put on this kind of performance. Yeah, so, I mean, really, really gutsy, really, really exciting to see, and just like, man, just really, really a team that is flying around and is fired up to play football, so, um, yeah, just excited to see what this defense has in store, and uh, Arkansas is making a lot of noise right now based on their defense, and that's something that we haven't really seen in a long time, or maybe even, as far as I've been a Hog fan, or kind of ever, so, kind of exciting to have this new identity and, and kind of rally around it and recognize that it's what your strength is and, and lean into it a little bit, but uh, Arkansas doesn't have an offense, and we can look at the numbers from the Ole Miss game here. Felipe Franks leading, of course, the passing attack, going 21 of 34 for 244 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Traylon Smith actually led the Hogs as far as yards as on the ground. We're going 15 carries for 54 yards. Uh, Rakeem Boyd going 14 carries for 39 yards and a touchdown and adding two catches for seven yards. Good to see him back and healthy and uh, good to see him getting the end zone on the ground, uh, opening up the scoring for the Hogs and getting them their first rushing touchdown on the season. Glad to see Rakeem kind of carry that across the goal line and get that monkey off our back for sure. Uh, of course, on offense, led on the receiving core was Traylon Burks with 11 catches for 137 yards and a touchdown King. and it is absolutely the catch of the year in college football that we've seen so far i mean just sports undoubtedly so 10. sports center <laughs> top 10 number one i mean just an, an insane catch that kind of just makes arkansas feel like a team of destiny was seeing Traylon burks come down with that ball um i was like oh there's no way and then there was a way and he caught it and that just to me kind of reflects the season that arkansas is going to have in a positive way that i'm not used to um and maybe i'm reading a little too much into it but i feel like normally we're playing Ole miss and kind of that weird game that we talk about Traylon burks doesn't come down with that ball or it's overthrown or something like that but he didn't drop it it came down with it and uh it got us the points that we needed so that's kind of me leaning into this team of destiny uh narrative and i'm into it but uh Traylon Burks, again, a great day, but Mike Woods added two catches for 35 yards. Tyson Morse, two catches for 32 yards. Hudson Henry, two catches for 22 yards. Devin Warren held kind of quiet, one catch for eight yards. And, of course, my large football son, Blake Kern, adding a catch for three yards. Great job, Blake. Thank you for contributing, as always. I don't know about you, but I did not feel great about the offense in this game. I did not either, and that goes back to defense kind of saving our asses quite a bit and uh we looked sluggish out there and you know granted there was some again kind of not the best looking weather and yada 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 i don't think i can be down kind of using that as an excuse because we looked real kind of sluggish and we couldn't we, we looked rushed sometimes and we looked way too slow others we didn't figure out what kind of ball movement we wanted to have uh and you know we got some plays from felipe but not his best game by any means uh and something else that he needs to work on that we can get into but he does not like to throw the ball away and he loves to take a sack yes sir <laughs> uh, he just cannot fathom the idea that we can live to fight the next down. Um, and I get if I had the arm strength that he does, it would be kind of, you know, attempting to think I can throw my way out of trouble. But, man, you got to get rid of the ball sometimes, brother. You're sitting back there in the pocket just watching it collapse around you. Now, I one of the stats that kind of 
slipped down the sheet. Uh, Felipe Franks had 14 carries uh, for only 16 yards, which means that a lot of those carries were sacks because in college football, sacks are counted as rushing. Really kind of speaks to the fact that he just really doesn't like throwing it away. He really Um, doesn't. I have actually been pretty high on Felipe Franks this year overall, but I definitely think that if you take the Georgia game in a vacuum and just accept that they're going to be a historically great defense, despite the fact that they gave up several points to Alabama this weekend, um, this was by far his worst performance as a Razorback. Just missing some guys, missing throws that he wouldn't have. Although I will say his team didn't help him a whole lot. Uh, I recall at least one Devion Warren drop and Blake Kern, oh, your large football son, dropped a surefire touchdown in the end zone. My beautiful so, baby boy did leave some points on the board. And uh, we love him. We do love him. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting to see that uh, Sam Pittman remarked after the game that Traylon Burks was only about 80% healthy for this game. Yeah. So to see him have 11 catches and also, by the way, four carries for 46 yards, um, this was kind of the Traylon Burks welcome to the show game. Yeah. I, we've obviously known that he's very good. We've obviously known that he's probably the best receiver and maybe um, the best offensive player on the roster. But this game, it was like, let's just figure out how many ways we can get the ball to Traylon Burks. I mean, that's what Coach Petrino used to say is feed the stud. Yeah. They fed him and he ate. You're right. He's just kind of one of those freak athletes that can do it all. And good to see him get involved the way he did. Um, And I just want to say, every time I watch Mike Woods make a catch, I'm just like, wow, that's a freaking SEC receiver right there. And it's always kind of, I look at his past two stat lines and I'm always surprised because. Mike Woods went two catches for 35 yards, and for some reason I remember him having like six catches for like 75 yards. I think it's because I feel like every time he catches the ball, I'm impressed or he's doing something athletic. It's I feel a big like catch. It's a, just a, yeah, a big athletic receiver who I feel like we should just get the ball to more somehow. And, and I know there's a lot of kind of mouths to feed here on this offense, uh, which is, you know, kind of a not an Wonderful embarrassment of riches by have. any means, but yeah, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, like we got some guys that can get the job done with the ball in their hand, and like I, there's some mouths to feed, and not, we're not necessarily like you know the most prolific SEC offense and obviously we that's the case but it's not like we're like scraping the barrel here to see what we can cook up there's some guys that we got that I think we can kind of work to get the ball more and Mike Woods is a guy that I want to see kind of like maybe feed him a little more I agree I also wondered uh it was interesting to kind of see I don't know if he was facing injury or what but Trey Knox got blanked again yeah and so very strange to kind of see him left off but when you you know, put into account that Franks seemed to struggle, it makes a little more sense. I think maybe my biggest worry and one that was going into this game as a worry is the ground game because I am still not convinced about this ground game. Rakeem Boyd was probably the most celebrated running back coming back other than maybe Kylan Hill in the conference. And so to see him struggle to get it going at all, uh, 2.8 yards per carry, 14 carries for 39 yards. He did have the touchdown, obviously, on the goal line. But, man, they've really struggled to get him going this year. And it just troubles me considering that he was able to succeed despite some god-awful teams that Chad Morris fielded. So you'd think that with us being able to kind of pull it all together some, that he'd be able to find some room. But, boy, he sure hasn't. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, it's just, like you said, just not very efficient with his carries, and we're just used to seeing him rip off some long runs and haven't really just seen that explosiveness that he kind of displayed last year despite being on these kind of lesser teams skill-wise. It just seems like he should be in a position to succeed a lot more this season, and we haven't really seen it like we kind of were expecting it to, which I think kind of speaks to the overall disappointment with the offense during this game was expectations might have been a little higher than they than they are normally for Arkansas because you come in – coming and playing pretty well. Felipe Frank's putting up two very good performances back-to-back. You're coming against the worst defense in maybe college football and has been terrible against both run and pass all season, and you've got the tools to do both. So it felt like we were set up at Arkansas was to succeed offensively in a way that we hadn't all season. And I think I kind of expected us to, to be quite frank, because I was excited about Felipe Franks going against this old Miss defense and secondary. that's pretty bad. And, you know, excited to get Rakeem kind of going and like maybe have one of his signature games and it just didn't happen. 
I feel like, in fairness, I need to read the drive summary, I guess, and we can get into this a little more because I do think there were positives on that side, but of our offense. So here are the drive results of each offensive possession. We got the ball first. So punt, touchdown, punt, field goal, punt, field goal, punt, and then it was halftime, punt, fumble, interception, punt, touchdown, punt, end of game. And I feel like it's worth looking at the touchdown drive simply because these were some good touchdown drives. I mean, yeah. The first one, 11 plays for 95 yards. That happened in four minutes, by the way, um, which came obviously after the huge goal line stop and Jalen Kettle on recovering the fumble. Our field goal drive was seven plays and 42 yards, but very well looked like it could have been a touchdown drive. Um, disappointed that that was not a touchdown drive. 12 plays, 50 yards, three minutes for the field goal drive to take it to 20 to zero. And then, uh, the next drive we had was a punt, which was six plays and 15 yards. Not great. Um, come out of the half, Ole Miss turns it over on downs. We have five plays, 11 yards, punt. Not great. The next drive, first play, fumble. Not great. Ole Miss throws an interception. Six plays later, we throw an interception. <laughs> Six plays later, Ole Miss throws an interception. Three plays later, we punt. That just a really weird series right there. That may be more characteristic of just the weird nature of this game. But then you started to see some clutch. I the last touchdown drive we had was eleven plays over seventy yards, four minutes and thirty seconds. That made the score twenty-six to fourteen. And then Ole Miss scores a touchdown to answer. 26 to 21. I'm starting to get nervous. We punt again. Yeah. And then obviously you have Grant Morgan's clinching interception for a touchdown. Then another interception and a pretty good drive to kill the game. Three plays for 24 yards in a minute yeah. and 28. But offense really not firing on all cylinders in this game. No, not by any means. And I will say too, just like the drive that. We that touchdown drive um, that we led kind of late in the second half after our defense had kind of had to bail us out a few times and we were tired and we needed to stay on the field. Uh, we were able to do it and we were able to take it all the way down the field and not only stay on the field but score a touchdown. Um, and just Felipe Franks looked awesome on that drive. Um, he just looked like the quarterback I want him to be all the time. Um, just a couple huge fourth down conversions, uh, or a couple or at least one I remember that was just massive and kept the chains moving and it's ended up in a touchdown. And I think too what I I've noticed about. The offense and just about Felipe in, in general is like he doesn't like to be rushed sometimes and sometimes Kendall Browse wants to go and when he decides that he wants to go, it kind of like leaves Felipe behind, I feel like. And we just haven't quite figured out the pace we need to operate at and I'm not sure if that's something that's just we can work out with practice or if that's just something that's going to come with game script. I, for one, am incredibly excited that we have a bye week um, yes. coming up. That'll be great to get the offense on pace with each other because I guess that's really been the big issue is that everybody just seems a little off. Um, and I think maybe it'll be time. You know, we've seen mostly throughout the season improved performances, this obviously being kind of a step back, but get that bye week, get a, get the timing right with everything and figure out, I guess, where the offense is going to come from, where we're going to be able to figure out how to run the ball. I mean, obviously, you and I want to see Rakeem get going because we want him to play in the NFL. Correct. Um, but it just hopefully this bye week is a good kind of resting, get healthy. And maybe, you know, we talk about Rakeem Boyd. He came into this game banged up. So I guess there's a distinct possibility that he was not at 100% and we're being too hard on him. But... I think that that hardness comes from the fact that we beat freaking Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we could talk about it a little bit too, but man, uh, that third quarter was maybe one of the grossest quarters of football I've ever watched. Uh, it was just not good on either side of the ball. I mean, to watch to watch us recover a fumble, then to throw an interception, then to have them throw an interception. I just like, I was like, okay, like we're just figuring out who sucks a little less in this quarter. And I think it was Arkansas, which was nice. But I mean, yeah, I, it, a great chance coming up to 
rest our guys and get on the same page and and figure out exactly what we want to do in a couple of those situations because I just feel like we yeah like you said just look a little out of sorts when it comes to moving the ball and especially when we get a little bit down around the goal line we don't look exactly like we know what we want to do when we get down there and that's not the place you want to be looking for uh, answers you want to have the answers already when you're down there and kind of put your plan in play so hopefully we get that kind of goal line offense and that red zone offense straightened out as well and uh I mean, I don't know about you, but I was still also not thrilled with special teams play at all. No, I was just uh, I about mean, to bring that up. Uh, yeah. There was obviously one kick that went out of bounds, which I don't know. It was pretty windy in Fayetteville. I was actually in Fayetteville this weekend. Um, but I don't know if this was the case where you were watching, but it was where I was watching. I was socially distanced with a couple of friends, but I also text my dad during the games just something we do yeah and i felt like everybody in the world knew a fake punt was coming yeah when Ole miss ran the fake punt except for our special teams coordinator except for us somehow uh yeah i was texting i usually text with my me and my roommate were watching the game and i usually text with my dad as well and i was texting some other arkansas friends um and we were all just kind of like my <laughs> my roommate went oh yeah they're probably gonna fake punt it here because of like you know the situation and i was like yeah of course of course they're gonna try to fake punt here it's pretty obvious lane kiffin he doesn't even like punting when he has to so if he has a chance to pull up a fake punt i'm sure he's going to and then for some reason that escaped our coaching staff then <laughs> given the time left in the game and the score and who we were coaching against we were just like yeah he'll probably just kick it to us that seems right uh, and I don't understand how we came to that conclusion. I don't know who to blame for that, because sometimes that is the head coach's call. And let's be fair, this is Sam Pittman's first time as a head coach. Far yeah. be it from me to criticize it, because he's doing a hell of a job. But I do really wonder what is happening with us having a special teams coordinator for the first time in a decade and seemingly regressing in every <laughs> department on that. I mean, I guess... Our punts were good, you know, nothing blocked, but that should kind of be the bare minimum. And to not be in punt safe in that situation when literally everybody in the living room of where I was watching the game, including some people who didn't know a whole lot about football saying, <laughs> why wouldn't they just run this here? It just makes me wonder. It yeah, just makes I, me wonder. <laughs> you know, and it's it's it just kind of shows of like, Arkansas, like we're not. Quite, it just seems like we're not. They're not quite ready to let us have it all, right? You go. We got an improving offense and an incredible defense. Well, you're not going to have special teams this season. It's like ah, of course, you know, like and maybe that's the sacrifice we have to make. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's I for the, one, I'll make would it. Love, yeah, I, I for one would love to not know the name of our special teams coach. Yeah, and I feel like I know him because I look him up a whole lot <laughs> during yeah. games. I mean, it just, again, just kind of a, like, what are we doing here kind of situation. And like you said, just some small stuff. I mean, field goals have looked pretty pretty good, all things considered. But we've had several kickoffs out of bounds. The punt coverage team is not the best. Uh, we're kind of giving up chunk returns, I would say, and that sort of thing. And, of course, this fake punt that we gave up to Lane. And, I mean, not only was it a fake punt, but it was a fake punt that put them in scoring position almost immediately. I think it took them down to the red zone, as I recall. So uh, we have been legitimately legitimately hurt by uh, special teams in the last two games. And that's not something you want to say about your team. Uh, I usually want to bring up your special teams coach maybe like once or twice a, a season. We've brought them up back-to-back weekends. So something we are clearly hoping to kind of fix in this bye as well. I'm hoping we get that straightened out. Heading in to next week, obviously we have a bowl or we have a bye week. Um, I'm gonna redo that because nice. boy, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Heading into next week, we have a bye week, so obviously time off to get everybody healthy, work on the offensive timing, get that defense ready because we are playing A and M next. However, I think the two of us are ready to start a campaign. Can we rank these hogs? Let's rank the hogs, baby. Because let's if we were to look at what who is getting ranked right now in Arkansas, it's three and one like they should be. Let's just say hypothetically. <laughs> I'm I, I know we like kind of are belaboring this point, but I'm saying legitimately if if you had a three and one SEC team with the defense playing the way it is, um, and the offense showing the flashes that it has shown, that is a team that is ranked anywhere from twenty to twenty five easily, if not higher. I think maybe the teens, um, yeah. because 
There's one thing that I guess the pandemic has caused through all of this, and it is the elimination of those tune-up games against the smaller schools. And so I was telling my dad, talking about this game after the fact, that Ole Miss team would be ranked in a normal season, I think. Yeah. They would be ranked. They were unranked this weekend because they were one and two, now one and three, but they would have had a couple of wins against some cupcakes and yeah. have looked good enough on offense and did enough damage to Alabama that they probably would have been fringe top 25 at that point in the season. Right. So, because let's make no mistake, this has been a good team this year. They've yeah. just fallen short three times now. Yeah. Um, but that, I took pride in beating Ole Miss. So yeah. I think I, that's a quality win in my I do book. Too. Certainly not a gimme. And I mean, I, I win against Mississippi, a Mississippi State team that had just beat the number one team in the country as a quality win. And certainly a, a win against, you know, Auburn would have been a quality win because that's two back to back ranked victories and then a, a, a victory against a very good Ole Miss team. So this is a two and two team that is much better than it looks on paper. It's like maybe the best two and two team in uh, the country, <laughs> maybe the best two and two team in the SEC. And I mean, climbing a lot of people's kind of power rankings or rankings of, you know, defense or that sort of thing, or just a team that's garnering national attention for the right reason. So, yeah, let us be the first to say, or if we're not the first, some of the loudest to say, rank the dang hogs. Rank my hogs. Give my football sons their top 25 deserved place because they deserve every bit of that. One, every, every bit. The boys are playing hard. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think we're. We're uh we're in a good spot. We are in a good spot, and I think going into this bye week, um, I'm almost gonna be sad that we don't get to watch the Hogs play because I think one thing that's gone undersaid throughout this season is Arkansas football is fun to watch again. I yep. remembered why I do this to myself <laughs> because I had so much fun watching this game, and boy, it is just great for Arkansas to be fun again. Yeah, I think what we should do next, uh, and so, you know, normally we do our preview episode on Thursday, but because we're not planning one, I think what we should do for Thursday's episode is, I think we should go back and look at what we said uh, and how we walked through the Hogs schedule and the wins and losses we gave us, and I think we should reevaluate kind of based on what the Hogs look like now, um, and kind of go through and see if we have any changes to our win and loss kind of prediction for the Hogs. We definitely have a sample size now of pretty important wins to consider, so... Um, definitely need to tweak those picks if we're not going to look like fools at the end Absol of the season. Absolutely. <laughs> I will take it, though. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hog and Mike Pod. You can follow at Saul Malone and at Tucker Partridge for our personal accounts. If you'd like to read any more, you can read uh, my newsletter. It's called Pigtails. You can find it at pigtails.substack.com. If you'd like to see any more kind of sports jokes, memes, other things of that nature, give Blue Wire Podcasts a follow. Other than that, Saul, do you have any last words? Hey, as always, uh, thank you for listening to Hog in the Mic, uh, Woo Pig, and uh, F you, Chad. Rank my boys. Rank the hogs, y'all. See you next week. Go hogs. <laughs>